When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zendurance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zendurance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code the Show Up Dad and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zendurance.com. Tall Man Equipment, standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This podcast is created for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can impact. They didn't even score me, dude. They just said, "Now we're sorry. We can't. We're not going to accept oh, wow. it. <laughs> right. Dude, for real, man. So <clears throat> right after that, I got hired on. My dad was a 20, a 30-year teamster. And mind you, I never really, I've never had a relationship. I didn't meet my dad until I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I got, you know, I got the connections with my dad I joined the Teamsters and I went to work for the, for a gas company, gas contractor, mm-hmm. you know, same thing, distribution, uh, they have, they have a distribution section and a transmission section. I did that for about five years, mm-hmm. got married and then I had my two daughters <clears throat> and, um, everything was going good. And then I just, you know, after my ex-wife had her two kids and stuff, we just became two different people, I guess. And, you know, she became a mom and I still wanted to be out doing you know, what I was doing and, you know, how I mm-hmm. met her partying and stuff like that and obviously that puts a damper on things mm-hmm. i know i'm all over the place so i'm trying to like remember like the backstory and the front story so um but uh um we ended up uh getting divorced well through that time so then when i didn't get accepted in the apprenticeship whatever working at the gas company and um as as then i got married had my kids and then we're going through a divorce and stuff and um mm-hmm. and then uh i had to resign from the gas company because it was just having pol- uh, politic problems within the was within the company, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody gets fired from the gas company, and they're like, "Paul, you can either resign or we're going to fire you." And I was like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> I'll resign." So I, I went out of, yeah, so I went on unemployment for like two years. I ended up moving out of my house. I left the house with the with the ex wife, and then moved into a little one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy called me again, and he was like, "Hey, man, you know, have you thought about applying for the apprenticeship again?" And I was like, "You know, ask that place, and you know, this and that." Well, by this time, I'd already had my class A driver's license. I had more construction experience with yeah. stuff. So then now that the apprenticeship had kind of advanced a little more. So there were there were <clears throat> there were still applications, but they wanted, you know, color copied IDs and your color copy um, uh, social security and all that. So it was still a little bit easier to apply. Yeah. I had one more time. They still had some of my stuff on file. And uh, in the meantime, I was just, you know, running amok, I guess, you know, trying to be a half-assed father with my kids mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> um i hadn't got to the divorce yet but we we're just separated and um uh still you know me- messing around with a buddy of mine carlos jerome who i owe a lot to he owned mm-hmm. a trucking company and uh he had me driving a box truck for him so when i filled out the the application the second time i didn't hear from the apprenticeship for a long time well during that time what had happened was at the apprenticeship because you know when they um when you apply, they, you, uh, if someone, you know, if someone apply, uh, was interviews or if someone has more experience or whatever, like your number drops, right. Or like your number seven, someone, if someone goes above you, you go back up to like 50 or whatever. Right. Yeah. So at that time they weren't giving any interviews. So like for like two years, 
So my number just kept dropping and dropping. So I was never getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. And one day I was driving a box truck for like $375 to San Francisco for like one trip or whatever. Uh-huh. And Armando Mendez called me and he was like, Hey, I was, and this is like two years later. He's like, I was just wondering if you were uh, still um, interested in the lineman apprenticeship program or whatever. And I was like, what? I pulled the truck over and I called my buddy Carlos. I was like, Hey bud, you can have to find someone to take this load up for you or whatever, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm turning around, you know, so he was cool with it, whatever. And yeah, so I ended up getting into the apprenticeship about 38 or 39 and, um, now back to, you know, getting out of the joint and then, you know, going through all that and then being, uh, you know, having the, that experience and then having a, a, a tw- I'm 39 and having a 28 year old journey or 25 year old journeyman, right? Yeah. Like talk so much shit to me and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, Paul, listen, man, this is your last chance. You need to not mess this up. So that was, that was hard. That yeah. was hard, you know? Um, and I had a buddy, he's a buddy of mine now. His name is, um, his name is Noel Smart He's from Arizona. He's a journeyman lineman. He's a GF over somewhere. And um, I knew he didn't like me, right? I was like a fifth-step apprentice, and I didn't, still didn't know anything because when I first got in, I was on the tra- on the Sunrise Transmission job, right, for like a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. So they throw you on distribution. I didn't see a, I didn't see a wood pole until I was a fifth-step apprentice. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. So imagine what I sucked, right? And I have yeah. no problem with that I sucked. A lot of linemen know I sucked. I know I owe a lot to a lot of linemen that have, you know, took me under their wings and stuff when Noel was one of them. Um, he had told me one time, I, I was messing up on the job or something. And you know, when you're like an apprentice, right? And you don't really know what to do next, you'll, you'll go and try to take the other guy's job, right? Yeah. You know? So that's what I was doing. And uh, we set the, we went to set the pole and I didn't put the cutouts on or something like that. And he's like, cutouts? And I said, oh, you, like, Paul, I don't need you grabbing a bolt out of my hand to help me out, you know, this, that. He's like, and he said to me, and this really stuck with me. He said, you know what, Paul? He's all, do you mean to tell me that I want this more for you than you want it for yourself? Wow. And I was just like, and I'm, this is coming from some dude, I think like, you know, a crazy white boy racist from Arizona. And he's telling me this, you know? Yeah. And that really stuck with me after that. And from then on, then that's when, you know, I guess you say, you know, I boomed up and stuff like that. And it was hard for me, the last part of my apprenticeship coming back down to SoCal, because I was up North at the time and learning uh-huh. that back and, having, you know, these younger guys that are joining me in. And I'm thinking, you know, like, yeah, I'm not, you know, in the joint, this motherfucker disrespecting here, talk to me like that, you know? Yeah. So I've had the best of both worlds, I guess you can say, right? Mm-hmm. And early on in my career as a journeyman, I was, you know, kind of, I was, you're still, as a journeyman, you're just learning, right? Just every day, every day. And um, I don't, I've learned stuff from apprentices, other linemen, round men, you know? And um, early on, you know, I became, you know, like that yeller guy or whatever and stuff, you know, and now I'm more trying to be the teacher mm-hmm. and stuff and, you know, teach from my experiences and learn from other people's. So mm-hmm. yeah. how has that helped you now? Like having that sense of um, patience, right? Developing patience because patience is something that we need to work on and develop, right? So yeah. now that you've been working on that patience with your apprentices and stuff like that, have you been able to implement that with your daughters and stuff like that as well? You know what, man, that's hard because so one thing, how can I explain it? Um, so my, my ex-wife, she has, we had like 30, 70, 30 custody and I've never, one thing I've never been an absent father. Okay. I've been around as far as like my physical presence because of my job and stuff. Mm-hmm. like that, you know, and, and because of my own selfishness as well, but I've never been an absent father. Like we talk on the phone every day, you know, so, you know, I'd like send them money or, you know, take them out to go eat, buy them clothes and stuff like that. But yeah. the patience um, with them. So growing up, you know, um, with them, um, I, I was more of that father that my, the way that my, my mother raised me, where it was the, uh, you don't take no shit, right? Like my kids aren't, I'm not going to take my kids to Target and they're, you know, going to be running around playing inside the clothes rack and stuff like that. Like, no, I'm going to, like, no, you're going to get your little ass beat right here because you're yeah. making this, you know. So whether you want to call that being impatient or not, I don't know what you call that, but so mm-hmm. I did that for like the first five years of their lives. Right. Yeah. And then that, like, I never had to worry about it really. You know, I never had to worry about them being the bad kids and throwing themselves on the floor and having a temper tantrum and, and all that. Um, could I have been a better father? Could I be a better father still to this day? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty, I'm, I'm selfish as far as what Paul, Paul's going to take care of Paul and Paul wants to do what Paul wants to do, you know? And, 
it's still my immaturity of that, of, of thinking that life does owe me something as far as what was taken from me or what I allowed to be taken from me by going to mm-hmm. prison. Um, and you know, my, now my daughters, you know, they're, they're young ladies. Now they both have jobs. They both go to college and stuff. And yeah. you know, I still want to spend time with them and see them and stuff. And now they don't really have time for dad. Right. Cause they have their mm-hmm. own little lives. So now I'm feeling the, now I'm feeling it like, boy, what, you can't call me, you know, yeah. like <laughs> we want to hang out with your dad, you know, or you only calling me for money you know mm-hmm. but now i'm feeling it and um and it hurt it does it does hurt. i'm getting choked up a little bit <clears throat> and it, it hurts a little bit you know but yeah. that's just a product of 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 the broken family as well mm-hmm. and um but they've they're their mothers they're they they are they are what they are today because of their mother they're they're they're, they're good kids and i give a lot of props to my ex-wife on on how they were raised so mm-hmm. uh, come on dave <laughs> <laughs> the, the good thing though paul is uh you know, you're still a father until you go away, right? Right. Um, so every day is another opportunity and another chance to be in their life and to bridge those connections. For me, I was an absent father because I was always on the road. I tramped around for work, right? right? And um, with that being said, I didn't have a good relationship with my own daughter. She's 16 years old now. And barely within the last two years, I've been able to really turn things around just by being intentional and just letting her be her, you know, and I'm still, I still make mistakes. Like my wife still points out stuff that I do like, man, when she's telling you something like prime example, right? The other day she was talking about this young boy that she likes and she was saying he likes country music. Dad, what do you think? And I told her, you know, right out of, out of the gates, I made it about myself. I'm like, well, I don't like country music. You know, and if he's going to like country music, he needs to listen to red dirt music. None of that mainstream bull crap and whatever. You know what I mean? And right. my wife had to elbow me and she's like, hey, and I'm like, what? I'm just expressing what my opinion. She's like, oh, it's not about you. She's right. asking you, dad, what you think about this young boy, because your opinion matters. And then I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, right. it's absolutely true. You know what I mean? Our daughters right. want to know that we accept them for who they are. Right, right. You know, and you know, and so I've so that's the thing is I've missed I've missed that as well because mm-hmm. see you're you're married, you know, and you're in the household now with your daughter, right? Yeah. And I that, that input or that output with with my kids, you know, and and hey, dad, what do you think? I mean, I've had that conversation a couple of times, you know, mm-hmm. but they had that conversation more with your mother, you know, then and see, and then we're we're also where I mess, think I messed up too is as them growing up. And like I said, I was never an absent father, you know, I, um, as them growing, but absent as far, not absent physically, but not absent as in being, still being in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I made them, I think I made the mistake by being more of their friend, like being the cool dad, Yeah, you know, being the cool dad and, and like, and, and, and letting them, letting them think that I'm more of a friend than, than, uh, than, uh, than an authoritarian figure to them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, you know, you can sit here and tell my daughter, you know, uh, one of my daughters, you know, she got in some trouble at school for, for, for drugs or for like some weed. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to sit down and have this talk with her about, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that when, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know like I, you know, but I feel like I have no right to, you know, tell her, you know, what fucking up or what she's doing wrong when I'm, you know, I'm the biggest one to, to, to mess up or to do wrong, mm-hmm. you know, but then, then again, I, I need to realize as well, like, no, you need to sit down and you need to have that talk with her and you need to have her respect you and your, your decision or your opinion on how you feel about what she has done. Mm-hmm. And I guess we, I, at the point, I, I don't know, I guess I just want my daughters to still love me and I don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. It, you know, and I, that that's what I'm actually dealing with that now, mm-hmm. you know, and them, even them as being young adults. And so, I think that's the guilt that we carry as fathers too, is like, we don't want to, especially like if you, you have this guilt already, uh, feeling like you were not there for them right. then that keeps us from really being the authoritative figure the the father that they need at that moment right which is right. dad i need your opinion dad i i need you to to tell me what you would do you know and yeah i think that affects a lot of fathers it affected me it affected all kinds of the guys i talked to too they're like man i just don't want to be mean because i'm trying to make up for lost time you know what i'm for, saying that's exactly what it is because mm-hmm. i only have a little short amount of time right yeah to, to hang out with them for the day or whatever because they don't want to spend the night at dad's house anymore 
Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, they, they, they came over for Christmas. They came up here. I'm up doors right now. They came up here for Christmas and it was cool. And, and I kind of feel like when they're around me, I have to do this total, like extra entertainment thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're on the couch, on their phones, watching TV, I feel like they're bored. So I'm like, Hey, let's get up. Let's go do something, you know, or whatever. Like, I feel like I have to, like, I have to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they're saying dad, like, no, we just like want to chill out or whatever. Like, uh, I, like, it's hard for me to like, it's the guilt part, you know, it's the, yeah. the guilt part that I feel like I need to do extra when maybe I don't, you know, but then, but I feel I do. <laughs> I, what I've, what I've learned, Paul, and what I've done, dude, is um, I asked them what they want to do. Like, cause I, I get it, dude. I would come home from being gone for months at a time or whatever. And then I wanted to, you know, take them out and buy them stuff or, or spend time with them or do it. And they just wanted to chill, bro. Even now, dude, like I just right. came back from Sacramento, right? I was gone right. out there for a week to go, teach uh, rubber gloving and i came home and i'm like let's go do something guys and they're like we just want to chill dad and i'm like all right all right you know um and it's that forever trying to make up for that lost time you know what i'm right. saying but so at you- that point is it you see i didn't interrupt you sorry no no um, so at that point is it are we doing it for them or are we doing it for ourselves as far as like hey what do you want to do what do you want you know what i mean so that's like being selfish right if we if we say oh obviously we're doing it for we're doing it for i'm doing it for myself mm-hmm. so, but i don't feel guilty you know and uh-huh. I, that's the wrong way to approach it i guess you could say you know if you just want to chill just let them chill you i know, don't necessarily start- think it's selfish though paul you know what i think it is honestly i think it's our own inability to be comfortable we are not used to being in that space, right? Because men are like boxes, right? We compartmentalize everything. And I tell this to all my apprentices. When we're in a box that we're uncomfortable with, what are we going to do? We're going to jump out of that box and go to a box that we're comfortable in, whether it be line work or working on a vehicle or boxing or whatever it may be. Wherever you feel comfortable is where you're going to want to spend your time. So when you're in this box of being dad and you're not comfortable the mm-hmm. reason being is because you're not spending enough time there and you got to start doing those little micro doses, start spending time, start doing, start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. If that makes sense. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. That yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So that, that's what I've been stressing to all these guys that I talk with. Cause they're like, man, I don't, it's not that I don't want to be home. I'm working 80, 90 hours. He's like, when I get home, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the same thing. It's, you know, when, when I get with, you know, with, when I'm with my daughters, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, I, like I said, I want to, it's, I, I only, like, I don't, I know their personalities and I know what they like and I know what they don't like. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that like right now, my oldest daughter, she, um she just got this new boyfriend or they've been together for a minute and she's, she'll be 21 uh, ne- next month on the 8th. So she's uh-huh. a grown woman, right? But she's still so innocent to me. Like she still acts. Like the, like the things that she does and the way she go about things. Maybe it's just her generation, you mm-hmm. know, that, that Gen Z or millennial, whatever you want to call them. That, you know, I, she, you know, I'm, am I supposed to be mad or upset that she didn't ask, ask me, you know, about this guy or uh, she hasn't asked me, you know, anything, you know, any advice about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know what this kid's like or whatever. So we were talking on the phone the other day and I was talking about, uh, what were we talking about? She's going to either come up here or I was going to go down there. And I said, well, make sure you bring, uh, bring mark with you and she's like what you want me to bring him i'm like yeah i want you to bring him i want to meet him like i want to, you know i'm meeting my daughter's boyfriend at 20 when she's 21 years old you yeah. know and she did say though <laughs> he reminds me of you sometimes so i don't know if that's a fucking good thing or a bad thing <laughs> you know all right. All right. Yeah. yeah so they say that you know the daddy issues and, and all that stuff and i i don't want to believe that my that either one of my daughters are going to have daddy issues or have them Mm-hmm. But as of late, you know, you know, they've been saying things here and there to where it's kind of like, are you just saying that to like to mess with me or is that how you really feel? Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't really got too in depth about it. You know, maybe I should take them over to your house one day. We should all have an intervention or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than welcome to. You're always welcome to my house, Paul. Um, the crazy part, though, is that it's going to come, you know, and you have to be prepared for when that day comes. Right. You know, and the Um, biggest thing I think for fathers, and I tell dads this all the time, because I've dealt with this, even with my own father, is it's not what we think we did to them or didn't do. 
It's the way that they perceived what we did or didn't do. You know what I'm saying? So right. we may have a different perspective and be like, I did not mean that at all. But the way they took it and their little mind when they were young or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's yes. what they built and that's the lens they're looking through. So we need to be able to look at it through an empathetic mind and right. point of view and be able to say, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. And yes. that right there begins that process of the healing to bridge that gap. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And I've done a lot of that because my my delivery and, you know, my obviously, you know, my, at the time, I thought that my parenting skills were the best. Yeah. And obviously things that are being said now and the way that, you know, the way that they act and stuff like that, so not bad kids at all. But yeah, that's uh, that's one of the big mistakes I see with a lot of fathers is they uh, they don't want to take responsibility, you know, or it wasn't that bad or when I. When I hit you in the head with the boots and knocked you out, that wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, right. I've, I've had conversations with my old man and I'm like, man, why did you hit me like that? Yeah. You know, cause I right. had my old man hit me with a boot one time. It was crazy, dude. I'll, I'll share the story with you real quick. Yeah, sure. One time my dad had just got me a Nintendo, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he got me this Nintendo and everything. He told us, he was very strict. He's like, you guys need to go to bed. You guys are staying up too late. You got school tomorrow. Be in bed by nine. So what did I do? I got up on the desk that my mom had and I put a blanket over myself, dude. And I'm over there playing Super Mario Brothers or whatever, right? All of a sudden, I see stars, dog. And what yeah. had happened is he had took a cowboy boot and he freaking hit me. I don't think he meant to hit me in the head, but he right. caught me in the temple because I was under a blanket, mind you, right? Mm -hmm. Caught me in the temple, dude. And I freaking fell, dude. He knocked me out. And all I remember is being on the ground and I'm a little kid. And he's panicking, right? Because I didn't get up. And I remember him telling my oh, mom, he's like, you better call the emergency room, Elaine. I think I killed him. Dude, and I, I'm I'm on the ground. I pissed myself, right? Right. And I, I can't believe it. And, you know, and the next day, I didn't go to school. And what did we say? Because we grew up, you know, like, you know, Western kids, you know, chopping wood and shit. Right. I told him that I was using the log splitter and a log popped and hit me in the temple. Because my oh, face no, swelled up like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, with a hand. <laughs> yeah you know and, and i didn't and i know he didn't mean to do that but sometimes as fathers we get so caught up in our own rage or whatever because we haven't yeah. dealt with the pain that was inside of us that we tend to pass that on to our own kids you know what i'm saying like for him uh -huh. after knowing what he went through and his dad beating the hell out of him because he didn't have blue eyes and he was considered dark you know what i'm saying even though he looked wow. exactly like his old man you know right. dude that's how my dad was brought up so they could only give us what they were given and that's what was given to him unfortunately and that's what he was trying to pass on to me in in an roundabout way right yeah yeah i yeah that's that's very relatable as far as you know how how we had you know how we were raised or whatever like i said i didn't i didn't really have a that that bad of a life growing up as a kid you know my mom yeah. made it happen i didn't like i said i didn't know my dad till i was like 12 years old you know and still to this day like i can really give a shit about him but mm -hmm. uh he's really he's a really good grandfather to my daughters so i yeah. give him that you know trying to make up for it but my mom she literally played both roles right like mm -hmm. my mom caught me looking at playboy magazine one time she didn't even get mad she's just like that's a woman's body look at it it's beautiful you know she's playing the dad part right yeah and then you know uh we're in the kitchen one day i, was, I forgot how old i was and she had some friends there and i came in to eat and all the food was gone or something like that and i called her a name in front of all her friends she took me in the bathroom and she hit me with a fucking bat dude no shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> got a bat and she was pretending to hit me pretending to hit me and when i fell back in the tub and i was like no mom no mom she was hitting me in the knees with the bat you know not full force but still yeah. but that's all i remember right i don't remember all the good times all the time she took me to disneyland and all the time she did this and you know that's yeah. the one thing that sticks out right mm -hmm. the one thing about my daughters too same thing you know where i snatched her up like a rag doll because she was she was being mean to her sister she just remembers that mm-hmm no, and so yeah, like I said, when it comes to the delivery and how you treat them and stuff, you know, it, it, it's it's it'll it'll be seared in your mind. No, you know? sure. You're never gonna forget about that boot incident. I'm never gonna forget about that that bat incident. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna ever forget about me snatching her up like a rag doll. You know, so I want it. Um, you know, we all start out with we want to be the best fathers that we can, and then the stuff doesn't work out. And then, fortunately for you, it has. You know, but in, in in your marriage and relationships and stuff, and you end up, the parents end up splitting up, 
and then you got to do what you then you know you can have that one mom like oh you're not gonna see your kids and then the guy the dad's like oh i'll fuck it then i can't see my kids you know yeah and fortunately that never happened to me mm-hmm. but what the point was when it happened to me was i didn't want to i was didn't want to be like oh shit i'm alone i'm single now now i don't, I don't want to be this, a, a better father but then as time went by and stuff of course you know you gotta mm-hmm. you, as you get older and you get more mature so <clears throat> that that has been a played a big impact in my life as well with the life I guess I've been going through a lot of guilt without kind of knowing it. it's been like suppressed, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and then, so, but then like, I'll dry myself and work with it about it or whatever. And coming up here was just more of a fresh start for me with other things that I was going, that I was going through in my life, you know, like just, I'm not running away from the problems, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm trying to become a better person by being alone, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, and it's working out, you know, it's, it's working out and I'm having, Better conversations, longer conversations. It's not just like, oh, hey, dad, what's up? Oh, how was your day? How's it going? No, now it's the conversations are more in depth and, you know, the questions are getting better and longer and the phone the phone calls are longer. So, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be involved in my, in my life for the rest of my life. So I need to, yeah. uh, for the second half of my life, you know, and, you know, and also the line, you know, the line of work that we're in, shit, could be tomorrow. So, yeah, yeah. take that and, and uh, you know, capture it and, and yeah. Do what I can do best. Yeah, definitely. Be in the moment, man. I yes. That's where a lot of fathers make mistakes is we're trying to do too many different things. And it's like, dude, just be there in the moment. Be where your feet are. Yeah. You know? So, no, that's that's a good thing, dude. I, I agree with you. Sometimes you need to have that fresh start. And sometimes that takes you being isolated, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, like, a lot of the great men that you see all went to isolate and get rest and get perspective. Right. Right. A lot of times though, I think what we don't do is these voices or whatever that we're listening to or whatever, you know, or or self-reflection or all that stuff. We try to drown out that pain by vices, right. By drinking, by partying, by work, everything like that. And sometimes it's just our own bodies telling us, Hey man, you need to take a break. You need to deal with this. You need to see what's really making you, tick right mm-hmm. so that's well, good i gotta commend you it's scary too bro when you get by yourself and i say it's start doing that inner work dog it's it's hard work man for sure yeah yeah it is and, and, and yeah like you said the word you, what you just said self-reflection you know seriously like like seriously but then that's that and <clears throat> when you do that that's where it comes in where it's like oh well i guess i could you know not i guess like i should have done this better or mm-hmm. i should have been a better husband or i should have been a better father in this at this point you know and at the end of the day like coming on this podcast and stuff like that um Mm-hmm. I haven't really, I haven't really talked about. Well, I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody about uh, being a father, you know, and what it's like. Like, you know, when I'm at work with my buddies and stuff, like, hey, you know, for guys and me, you have any kids? Yeah, I got two daughters. You know, that's about that's the extent of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, coming on here, you know, um, is uh, oh, and, and yeah, you know, it's a perfect day too. March twentieth, you know, Mar- this is the day I topped out <laughs> in two thousand fifteen. You know, <laughs> I guess you could say it was my eighth anniversary or whatever at on heck yeah congratulations <laughs> yeah me and uh me and my buddy tom stack we're two old guys in there he's a he's out of san diego now and he uh he's a good dude we have just me and him in there i don't know how many guys you have in there now taking the test at the same time but it was only two of us oh wow yeah we had, had nobody to cheat off of so <laughs> <laughs> you already had the test in the parking lot <laughs> oh, we know these <laughs> oh, no but um yeah so you know, talking about this now and stuff, this is also um, like uh, like a refresher for me. So I thanks for having me on. I'm not trying to cut it off or anything, but I just wanted to thank you for um, inviting me on here because it is giving me more clarity now and stuff. I was going to ask you how do you know how do you approach it now with two like with two adult daughters? How do you approach it now? You know, how do you have that conversation now? Like, hey, girls, like, and there's really no reason to have it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. as far as like, there's no problems, but it's like, hey, girls, you know, this I want to have a talk with you guys and. I want to explain to you like why I was the type of father I was. My dad never done that for me. You know, my dad's never, you know, my dad never taught me how to throw a ball. My dad, my dad didn't teach me how to fight. My dad didn't teach me. I, I, my, the only thing my dad gave me was fucking gout. Cause yeah. it's hereditary. <laughs> That's yeah. it. You know? And, and, you know, when I start thinking about that, I have resentment toward, toward him. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I and, and then, you know, after my mom raising me and stuff, <clears throat> You know, me and my mom don't even have a really great relationship. And I know I've been a 
you know, half assed under her and stuff at times. But mm-hmm. it's just like, I know, I know, I, I mean, I don't talk to my mom, I don't talk to my dad, you know, I, I'm the common denominator, right? So yeah. is it me fucked up or, or, you know what I mean? So this is where all the self, where all the self reflection comes in and stuff. So, you know, I'll start, obviously, you got to start with, start with those who are closest to you, which yeah. would be my daughter. So I just give me some insight on how I would approach that conversation. First and foremost, brother, I think you carry a lot of uh, unforgiveness. And I think one of the biggest unforgiveness, I just heard it when you're saying is you need to forgive yourself, brother. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, bro, forgive yourself, dude. People make bad choices in life sometimes. And unfortunately, it leads us down a different path. But you're doing good for yourself now, bro. You are. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so start forgiving. You know, forgiveness, they say, is not necessarily for the person, right? But for right. this is for you. Because what unforgiveness is, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm-hmm. You know, it only hurts you. So you need to release that, dude. And forgiveness too isn't not forgetting, okay? Because there's still stuff that's happened in your life or stuff that certain per- people did or did not do, Right. Right. And you're not saying that that's okay. All you're saying is, man, I release you for my own benefit. So I don't carry this garbage into the next generation, into right. your daughters. You know what I'm saying? And once mm-hmm. you start working on that, whether it be writing a, a, a letter that your father may not even read or anything, that is just for you. You just write down what you would like to say to your own father and what would you like to say to your own mother, right? And it just releases you. It gets that off your chest. Once you do that, then I would start building those bridges towards a a relationship with your daughters, you know, start connecting with them on a different level because for daughters, right? And this is what I had to learn because I have daughters and sons, Uh daughter and sons. Um, Daughters need relationship before they do anything. And what I mean by that is they need to know that they are valuable in your eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody else says, oh, it's too late. It's too late. It's never too late, brother. It's never right. too late. Start treating them as the princess that they desire because deep down inside every little girl, there is a deep yearning to please their father. And I even say that because my wife, I just came off on a hike with her before all this on a conversation where she opened to me uh, up to me about her own personal hurts towards her father, but she has to learn how to just forgive him. So she doesn't carry this crap inside of her. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. So <laughs> shit. So basically you're telling me I need to try and help forgive my father, huh? <laughs> your father and your mother, anybody who's ever hurt, hurt you brother. Yeah. Cause what happens is you carry that. Yeah. Right? I have. And any pain that is not transformed is transferred. And that's what you transferred onto your daughters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to start at the source, right? You got to destroy the, the the tree at its roots so it can destroy the fruit from above as well. Because the fruit is what's happening with your daughters, right? And where did yeah. that root start? That root started with your own family of origin, right? And then even with yourself, brother, forgive mm-hmm. yourself, dog. I mean, I heard it now when you said that you probably weren't the best son to your mama. You know what I mean? That yeah. to me, that's you carry a certain sense of guilt in that relationship, you know? Yeah. Yes. And yes, I, I agree with that 100 percent. And um, yeah, it's, it's but it's, at the same time, it's I'm not trying to be, you know, oh, you know, forget that. I'm not going to, you know, mm-hmm. shield apology or or whatever. I, I know it comes it does come down to. It, it does come down to um to to you as the person for yeah. sure you know and um yeah man i i, I says uh being up here and stuff like that these are all the things i've thought about and stuff and mm-hmm. been been doing and then like i said coming on here it's just giving more clarity for it so it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit more time you yeah know, for my end but like i said i would like you know i want to start with my with my daughters first though because mm-hmm. i think i have a bigger explanation than what they have now and, and yeah. just 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 be a lot of times, bro, you just got to be completely transparent and just be like, look, I own this. Yeah, I made the mistakes. You know, I'm the one who 
who chose to do this and stuff. And then just explain to him how, you know, what you just said on here about being selfish and stuff like that. We, we had another guest, one of my first guests, right? He's a lineman too. He's the director up North, uh, William Monzingo. Okay. <laughs> Guy was a raging savage, dude, alcoholic, everything, right? Just completely just abusive, verbal. He would tear you down, everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, the guy has a bad relationship with his daughters, right? He came on that podcast and he did this big old spill on how he wasn't the the father that he wished that they would have. And, you know, just went through his whole deal, dude. His daughters actually listened to that podcast and they came to him and they're like, all right, we're ready to talk to you. Cause they wouldn't even talk wow. to him at all, bro. Yeah. You wow. Know? Well, that's yeah. This is, this is what you're doing here, dude. This is, this is an outlet for a lot of us, you know, um, mm-hmm. Especially you know, Lyman, because I, you know, and I, you, we all got to admit, and it's not being egotistical or being machismo or anything like that. We we are a fucking different breed, dude. Yeah, you know, man. And so, you know, we don't talk about this shit with a lot of with a lot of other people, you know. So it is an outlet here, and um, you know, for some reason, it makes you, yeah, you make us want, like you're making me want to talk, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, it's it's uh, yeah, man. Thank you for this. It's it's uh, pretty eye opening, you know, to. Or, or not eye opening, but it's uh feels good to to talk about it and to somebody to somebody you know, mm-hmm. and rather than, uh, um than to uh I guess you know a stranger or whatever you want to call it you know so so I guess the million dollar question now for you Paul is say you get this audience with your your daughters right you you say mm-hmm. you want to talk to them stuff like that what is something that you would like to tell them oh man well I would like them to know. I would like to, I would just like them to know, like, I'm not making excuses for why I am the way that I am, but I would just like them, like, I just want them to know the the type of person I was, the type of person I, I was when, when, when they were, you know, after, after the, my, their mom and I separated, the type of person that I became, I should say, yeah. you know, that, that I'd like them to know that. And I'm not using that as an excuse. Like, this is why I didn't spend, you know, as much time with you as I can. And stuff like that. I just <clears throat> want to get it across to them that that um that they're always both you know my number one for sure. I mean they're you know they're the only really the only two family members I have left that, that I you know that I even talk to you know so yeah. Uh, but that's and it's also kind of a hard question to answer too. Right now I, I guess it would have to just come in the moment as well. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So, but yeah, it's something I probably have to think about. You know, it's not it's, it wouldn't even be like a life like okay, girls, this is a life lesson. Like I'm not trying to do any of that either. You know, I want them to know yeah. about about me and why their father is the way that he, that he is or was whatever you want to call it, you know? So I'll, uh, I guess I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And just remember, man, like I said earlier, you can only give what you, you can't give from an empty deposit, right? So if something was never deposited in you, you're not going to be able to give that as well. If that makes sense. Right. Yes. And that, that, that's helped me with even my own forgiveness with my own father is understanding that he could only give me what he could give me. I could get a 20 if he only had a five, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think recognizing that and understanding that helps us to look through empathetic eyes and just really putting ourselves in the other person's shoes, you know what I mean? And what Mm -hmm. we have through or what they went through or whatever you know that that really helps bro especially with the healing process because father wounds are deep man Mm -hmm. guys come on this podcast and bro we're not even talking about that and then man you just ask them how their relationship with their father was man you see these guys that are just these burly guys just crumble dude myself included you know yeah yeah like i said um it's i don't know if it's easier for me or I, I don't know what you would call it, but it's not, like I said, my dad was never really involved in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can't you say that he, that he ever treated me bad. Well, you know, I mean, obviously he was, to me, it was, excuse me, to me, he was, he was no good because he just, he wasn't ever around or never even made an attempt. Yeah. You know, the later, until the later years, you know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, and he's never sat down and had that talk with me. And this is why I'm the, this is why this is what mm-hmm. happened or this is why I'm the way that I am. And, you know, none of that. No, no apology. Anything. You know. Yeah. He treats his stepson like his real kid. You know, or whatever. So then I have my jealousy issues with that too as well. You yeah. know, so that made me have more animosity toward him. So, 
you know, I, like I said, uh, but I don't, um, I refuse to let, to let his absence be a part of how, how messed up I might be, or, or it might be contributing factor. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I've been a pretty good dad as far as like the, 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 um, the stuff I put into my kids and like how I raised them the first part of their lives before yeah. the wife stuff, you know, or got divorced. So, um, I, I, I just had to shoot from the hip and at the same time, just kind of use what my mom, what my mom showed me, you know, I never had that father figure. My mom had to play it. So, yeah. you know, so I, yeah, I spent a lot, you know, like I said, you know, I really have to start somewhere and, yeah. um, and, you know, and what, and I, that's just something for me to figure out or, mm-hmm. you know, or just go by what, you know, what you had said, forgive myself first, you know, and like I said, I'm not trying to play the whole victim role here no, at all, by far, no way, you know? Yeah. And just, uh, you know, own up to, uh, which I have with my daughters, as far as, you know, I just want them to understand why I am the way that I am. Yeah. You know, and if they can do that, then then that will be a huge burden lifted off my shoulders. And then maybe work on my mom after that. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. You got to <laughs> start somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty cool. Yeah. We definitely um, had this one guy tell me, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? One yeah. piece of one piece at a time, exactly. Yeah. Them, them small steps, man, just microdosing. Yes, know? yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can't just, yeah, I'm not going to expect it to all happen at, all happen at once. It could take time, take, take a long time, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But it have to be the, I have to be the one that engages, though. Yeah. I can't, can't hold back, you know, and I, if I feel like I need to say something, make that call or send out that text, you know, or, you know, hey, mom, you know, can you, can you, you want to talk or, you know, whatever, but you get mm-hmm. too private for that sometimes, you know, I, at least I do. You know, so, um, and the same thing with the girls, you know, you know, and, and I'll get, I, and I get upset because I know that they're young adults and they're living their, their lives now and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I say that, Hey, you know, I want to talk to you or whatever. And if they don't reply or if they say they don't have time right now, I'm going to get pissed off about that, but they're not, you know, I like, that's fine because I mean, I guess I deserve that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. So I don't know. Well, I'll see how that goes. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get a better response than what I just said. (laughs) You know, the great thing though, is Paul, is you're still an influence. You're still in their life, right? Yes. Um, Oh yeah. Every day we talk every day. So, I mean, that's a great thing right there, dude. I know guys that have not talked to any of their children for years. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a buddy right now who works out here and, uh, he's been on the road probably about, I'd say about seven, seven, eight years. Okay. Yeah. Guy never goes home. And I asked him, I was like, why aren't you going to go home? He's like, I'm having the time of my life out here in Southern California. And I'm like, bro, you have like six kids at the house. (laughs) What are you doing? Well, I don't even know how I'm going to be a dad. He tells me if I go home. Well, bro, that's, that's, that's common. That's common. Like I told you, I don't know how to be a dad. Like, I don't feel like I know how to be a dad either because, Mm -hmm. Because of, you know, like I said, you know, when my youngest, you know, got, got caught with, you know, that weed and stuff, like, I'm saying, I take her out to dinner to have, like, this talk, and it's like, I'm sitting across from her time, like, yeah, you know, Jade, I can't, like, what can I tell you, like, how can I, you know, discipline you right now when mm-hmm. I'm the freaking worst one, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, I, yeah, so a lot of us are going through that, too, with, with yeah. not knowing dad, you know, and, uh, or because, because we haven't done it in so long, right, or, yeah. or, I mean, it's like some guys haven't done it at all. They just had the kids and then you know, they're gone. But, you know, um, yeah, dude, it's, it, that, that part's hard. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. saying I understand where the guys, I, I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. But I mean, at some point you got to try, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just hit the nail right on the head. At some point in time, you got to come home and you got to try because you still have a responsibility, you know? Yes. Um, you got to face music. Exactly. So what, what I thought was pretty interesting what you said about the, the whole weed situation and stuff like that. You know, you talked about, in a sense, like, who am I to say anything? Okay, well, I'm going to give you some wisdom here, Paul. You're her dad. You have every right to say anything. And the reason being is because sometimes our messes are message, dog. And what better person for her to get advice from, from someone who's been there, done that, lived it, and, and the, you know, made the mistakes. Right. You know, I'd much rather listen to a guy like yourself or some of the other guests we had on here, that some dude who's never been in the in the, the sticky icky, as I call it, right? Right. Trying to tell me how to raise a family, how to 
how to do this and what not to do, right? Right, yeah. You yeah, have yeah. life experience that trumps everything else, dude. Yeah. And yeah. that's what you are supposed to give to your children, brother. So don't ever feel you're not qualified, dog. Right. Right yeah. on, man. Yeah. That's yeah, you're absolutely right for sure. You are more than qualified, brother. Seriously. Right on. Yeah. You know, so now our approach is <laughs> The way we approach it, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Delivery. <laughs> the delivery. I, oh, one time I, uh, we were talking, I was going through some marriage counseling. Me and my wife were having some issues, right? And um, the lady turns around and says, like, she's like, well, if you don't want your husband to act like an asshole, then don't speak to the asshole. Right. So speak to him like a man. Speak to him, you know, how you want him to respond, basically. And I was like, see, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. it's true. You know, if you, if you, you come off in a very, uh, you know, disciplinary, all that stuff, then that's probably not going to be well received. But if you come from a standpoint of man, I've made a lot of mistakes, man, and don't do it. It's not worth it. Listen to me. If there's anything I can teach you, don't, don't do this, you know, cause I right. see this, I know this. You um, know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It is. It de definitely is the delivery, you know that, and that comes down to with how you talk to people in general out in public, yeah. and how you talk to kids and stuff. And I and I know my delivery is a little fucked up, maybe a lot. You know, my heart's in the right place. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it's just the way that, you know. If you're, that's the way they take it, and then you know, it's like, oh, if that's the way they take it. Then fuck them, you know. So, yeah. But you know, but yeah, de but definitely, my heart's definitely in the right place. I'd say ninety nine percent of the time. So. I got to agree with you, Paul. And that's why I invited you on here, bro. Because I, I do, I see it. I see, I see a guy who, man, just loves life. Cause you do, oh, you love life. I do. I do. I get a little selfish with it sometimes. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. And, um, sometimes we just got to enjoy the little things as well, whether it even be just buying yourself a skateboard or just skating, you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? And just, I like that. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I think too many people have been so hardened by life and it's good to see that you have been through some hard stuff in your life. Right. And mm -hmm. it still hasn't dampered that spirit with inside you, brother. Right. It still hasn't. You still have that exploratory. I, I, I mean, don't take this the wrong way. I, I don't want to say it this way, but like the child, that, that, that yeah. innocence that's still <laughs> in you, you know what I'm saying? You're, it's it's a beautiful thing, bro. And that's why people are attracted to you, okay? Because you're not corrupted by this world. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. Right, you know, yeah. Life yeah, has an ability of just sucking you the life out of you, bro. And just people get hard and bitter. And you don't even want to be around them people, for real. No, you know? no, not at all. And I don't even want, yeah, I don't want to be around those people. I don't want to be that person. And you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, like, you know, like, like uh, what was it, Saturday or whatever, <clears throat> I wanted to go hit the, Hit the tracks on the BMX bikes and stuff, you know, yeah. shit like that, you know, and um, that's that's entertainment to me, and you know, refusing to, like I said, refusing to get older, as far as uh, like I got to keep the muscle memory, dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, what I mean, I, I want to be able to walk and drink water or drink a beer at the same time. Yeah. You know, and a lot of these guys, a lot of guys, like you said, they they'll let life eat them up. You mm -hmm. know. And whether we have our personal and your personal issues can eat you up too as well, which is like yeah. well, it's life. But um, I can't let uh, yeah, yeah, David. I don't feel like you know I I I gotta let a lot of shit go and, and not let it not let it eat me up and, and keep me mm -hmm. and keep me down, you know, and not just put a fucking band aid on it. Yeah, yeah. Deal with the yeah. root issues, right? For sure. Deal with the issues for sure. A bit of advice could you give uh, the young listener now listening, brother? <sighs> the young listener, uh. You know, we all, we all want to be happy, right? At the end of the day, we all want to be happy. We want to make yeah. it. So if you're not, your happiness comes first as an individual. So if you're not happy, you cannot make anybody else around you happy. Mm. So yeah. that's the only advice. I, that's the advice I would give, you know, like riding these bikes and these skateboards and work and making money and traveling. That makes me happy, right? So, mm. you know, when Paul, you know, when Paul's, when, uh, when Paul's mad, then every, then everybody's mad. When Paul's happy, then everybody's happy. But we all, you know, I want to be happy. That's that's the, that's the end goal, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not who dies with the most toys or who you know dies the most money. You know, if you you went through life living a good life and being happy and making everyone else around you happy, then I think you did all right. So your happiness comes first, and and if you can't make yourself happy, you can't make anyone else around you happy. Mm, 
Yeah, definitely operating from a place where you can just give yourself away, you know, just being in a correct space that you can be like, Mm -hmm. hey, man, I want to just give this out to people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and you can do it in a in a way where like, you know, now like nowadays, you know, you have to uh, you have to watch what you say and you can't really say too much, especially out here where, you know, who I'm working for right now and stuff. uh, Yeah. You know, they you can't (laughs) you you can't say you can't say to to an apprentice, know your know your role. That's considered an act of aggression. Just that statement. Yeah. So, you know, when you're at work and stuff and, you know, like I want, you know, I want to be happy at work and, you know, we're working and we're up, you know, up in the primary and, you know, you're, you know, your head's in the game, but you're just having conversation. You know, you talk about this, but, you know, hey, man, you know, you know, you got, you know, your tail, your tail, you know, two, three way communication. But at the same time, right after that, it's like, so how was it last night? You know, you know, like stuff like that, that makes me happy up there when I can work with the crew and 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 get and get along and stuff that's why you know when it comes to apprentices and stuff like that nowadays it's i want them i want to be on their side you know i want yeah. them i want them to top out i want to you know i i, I hate i used to love like you know i treat treat you treat your apprentices accordingly i was treated accordingly right mm-hmm. so a lot of times you know at 47 i would tell the apprentice i'd say you know if he was a good apprentice you know and <clears throat> you know maybe i don't know if i should be saying this or not but if he was a good apprentice you know higher step and you know, it's time for his transport. I say, you know what? Take that home and fill it out yourself and give mm-hmm. it back to me and let me read it. You know, let him critique himself. And then yeah. if I did some of the things, I change it up, you know, stuff like that. You know, but then now it's like, you know, I got, you know, his friends is not retaining this, that, and the other. Again, I was that guy. You know, I was, I was somebody else's problem. I'm just now starting to realize that now, you know, and I always say I refuse to say I'm getting old, but in my old age, I'm starting to learn that now because these guys have to go home too, to their kids and to their, and, and, and there, there, there's guys over here that are that, that are literally just fucking just 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 dragging up and quitting going to work at fucking Home Depot, dude, because wow. because of you know the stress that it is and it's stressful and you know do the whole back in my day you know stuff like that you know and it it, it is a change it, it, the culture has changed a lot with yeah. with these new hands that are coming up like a lot of these kids don't even know how to change a fucking tire on a car dude or put yeah. chains on you know on on tires so and uh, so easing up and thinking about the bigger picture of them like you know yeah it's just not the work picture here it's these 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 men which because they're men they have to go home to their kids and what are they gonna do beat their kid because they had a bad day at work who knows yeah you know so it's a chain reaction dude definitely is a chain reaction mm-hmm. and so uh just uh yeah i mean i want to clown around and make everybody happy and you know and and, and that's it and so like mm-hmm. that's that's uh it's kind of what i'm going by right now Right on, man. Well, Paul, thank you so much, brother, for coming on here and just sharing your story, your information, man. And I know our audience is going to have uh, get a tremendous value from it, dude. And I thank you for just being so courageous and uh, transparent. Seriously. Well, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. And um, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, thank you very much. And you've opened my eyes to a lot of things as well. So thank you for that. Thank you for your words of wisdom as well. Right on, man. Well, and, uh, keep doing what you're doing, dude. And you have my full support any time of the day, week, you can call me or I got your personal number now, dude. So I'm going to call you, man. If I'm all yeah. drunk and I'm feeling, feeling, feeling bad, <laughs> like expect an earful on what I should do, dude. <laughs> Hit me up. That's what I'm here for, brother. <laughs> so, right. all right, brother. Well, thank you very much. Right on, man. Thank you.